The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Las Vegas for Coast 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 with myself, Peggy Spears. And now, part of the Beast Family of Podcasting, we got a tremendous podcast for you. It's in the second segment. Tobias Bass, you may remember he joined me a few weeks ago on this podcast. At the time, he was with NBC Sports Edge. He has now joined The Athletic, and he's doing a great job covering a little bit of everything college basketball. He does a little bit with regards to recruiting, a little bit in terms of the NBA draft, and that will be the main basis of today's conversation. Looking at these guys, because now we've seen NBA Draft Combine invites come out. Who winds up having some of the biggest decisions? Guys are currently in the draft that might wind up entering into the transfer portal or coming back to where they came. So we're going to be chatting with them a lot about that. He's also a graduate of Texas Tech. So we're going to ask about what the Red Raiders have been able to do this offseason, some of the moves that they're making, and few guys are currently out there in the portal, big names that might be looking to going to schools out there in the great state of Texas. So we're going to be chatting about that in the second segment. Then in the final segment, we wound up getting quite a bit of transfer news and also a 20 plus point per game score deciding that he is going to be returning to school. So we're going to be recapping that in the final segment. And if you do have a question, comment, segment idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we offer those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at gunit underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters CM, they mean does not matter or size per usual. Please just send these into the timeline. Otherwise, find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. And then from there, you're able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast. Via that five-star review, did not wind up getting in any questions today, but had a great chat with Tobias Bass. So we're going to be chatting with him next right here on Coast to Coast Hoops with myself, Greg Spears, and now a part of the Beeson Family Podcast. Hey, everybody, welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation... I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe 
Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation... I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation... I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. 
Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Las Vegas for Coast Coast Hoops with myself, Greg Hoops Pierce, and now a part of the Beeson family and podcast. And it is great to be joined by this gentleman as this man recently joined the Athletic. The last time we talked with him, he was with NBC Sports Edge. Now he has joined the Athletic. So a big congratulations to Tobias Bass on this as he's doing a great job out there more towards the southern part of the country, being able to do a great job of taking a look at all things college basketball. Does a good job taking a look at high school. Does a great job taking a look at college. All that we're getting with regards to the transfer portal as well. So Tobias has you covered on a little bit of everything. And Tobias makes it very easy to be able to find him on Twitter. Just add his first and his last name. Tobias and then an underscore and then his last name. Bass, B-A-S-S. And Tobias, great to have you aboard. Thank you. Yes, sir. Thank you. It's been a long road, but I'm excited to be joining the Athletic and making that company you know, the biggest and best it can be. And Tobias, one of the hardest workers out there in college basketball. So the Athletics certainly got a good one there. And we've got a good one on this podcast today. As Tobias, I know that it's been very interesting to take a look at things with regards to these guys with big NBA draft decisions because we wind up seeing the invites to the combine wind up getting released over the last, we'll call it 48, maybe 72 hours, depending upon where you when you are listening to this. But who do you think are some of the guys with some of the biggest decisions as to whether or not to return to school or not? Because I feel like there's quite a few guys on this list, and there's a lot of guys that they wind up getting combine invites that they are both in the transfer portal and currently in the NBA draft testing the waters. Yeah, I want to look at a guy, Matthew Mayer. I'm a big fan of him, one, because of his hair. and I love his game as well. I think that he'll be a guy, he'll probably decide to come back. He's really skilled. He he could be, um, I think he will be a good pro, but I think he may have to come back, switch teams and put up some bigger, better numbers, and maybe that'll help his stock going forward because he's kind of a tweener at the moment. I think they want to see him with more volume as far as shooting the basketball. Yep, I'm right there with you. And I do feel like Matthew Meyer, if he would have had a little bit of a better year at Baylor, he would be able to go yeah. pro, but he wound up having, let's call what it is, a little bit of a pedestrian year. It's not like he was terrible by any stretch of the imagination, but he expected him to maybe take a little bit more of a burst with so many of those pieces that wound up leaving Baylor to a national title game being out. He wound up putting up right around 10 or so points this season. So I do think that he's interested to take a look at as well. And the one guy that I think is so befuddling because he wound up putting his name in for the transfer portal and we thought this guy was going to be as good as gone. And I can tell you right now, if there's one thing that is not going to happen is this guy going back to the same school that he was at last year. And that's <laughs> Pat Baldwin Jr. Because I mean, his coach wound up getting, or his coach was his dad and he wound up getting fired from UW Milwaukee. So I mean, if he winds up going back to the Panthers, that would be the upset of all upsets. But that said, he wound up having, we're going to call it what it is, about as bad of a season as he could wind up having. He shot 27% from three-point range in the horizon. Like, that's just 
Not going to gut it for anyone trying to be able to make it in the NBA. Dealt with a bunch of injuries. I think his decision is very intriguing because if he winds up deciding to transfer, because we know that there were schools like Duke that were in on him, he's going to command a lot of attention. I just don't know what a school would be getting out of him. And if he winds up going to the NBA draft, his stock is way down from what it was 12 months ago. Yeah, I agree. Maybe him going to a better school with more talent, they could probably hide some of his deficiencies. I know at the Horizon League, they were pretty much expecting him to take over and do what he wanted when he wanted to. That obviously wasn't the case. So maybe him going to a bigger school like that would help. But he's one of those guys, though, he needs to come back. He, he, didn't, he did not have a good year. I get he wants to play for dad, but I think they might have even thought that might have been a shortcut to the league. And Sure, he battled some injuries, but he just wasn't very good when he was on the floor. And we've noticed this with a few guys that have went down a little bit as well as we do have Tobias Bass joining me on the podcast. A lot of these guys that they're top 50 recruits, I always love it when I see them wind up going to a little bit of a smaller school. And Pat Baldwin, probably the highest rated prospect ever that wound up going to a non-power school slash not Memphis, Gonzaga, what have you, but... I mean, we've seen it so many times. You're able to even go back to Makir Maker. It just has not panned out for these guys. And I think that it's really interesting to take a look at because, I mean, like I said, I always love it when I see these guys go to smaller schools. I just can't remember a guy that wound up being like this top 50 recruit, winds up going to a little bit of a smaller school, and it actually paid off for them. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, when you play a sport like that, there's a lot of variables that goes into it, especially depending on your position. You know, if you're a big, you need someone has to give you the ball. You know, there's other variables. So if you're a point guard, if you can't read defenses or get in the lane and make accurate decisions, that doesn't help you. If you're a point guard, you need to give it to a good wing. If he can't make shots or he can't create his own shot effectively, that affects you directly. So I think some of them – I know they want to kind of be outside the box, and it is cool to see a Harvard crew go to a smaller school, but you probably want to go to where you would. If you're going to go to a smaller school, bring some guys with you. Yep, absolutely, and UW-Milwaukee, they really didn't have much with them. I think they tried to bring in Moses Bull, who wound up not playing at all for Central Florida, had a lot of size, but when he's not out there on the court, that really doesn't help you out too much either, so that was a little bit of a hot mess there, and Tobias, I know that you're a man that is a graduate of Texas Tech, and they are always active this time of year. Back when Chris Beard was there, they were always hitting the transfer portal. Now that Mark Adams has been there, it has been the exact same. And since he wound up last joining me, we've seen Fadas Amek wind up going into the fold for Texas Tech. And and that's not all that they've done this offseason. Demarion Williams, who is a tremendous defender and a little bit of an up-and-comer from Gardner-Webb, he has decided that he is going to be entering into the program. Davion Harmon as well. I take a look at what Texas Tech has been able to do here in the transfer portal. And I don't know if this is necessarily like a Final Four team, especially with just how brutal the Big 12 is going to be once again this season because you know that Kansas, they're going to be reloaded. I like what West Virginia has actually done this offseason. Texas is going to be back. I mean, the list goes on and on. But I mean, Texas Tech, I feel like has had a very good offseason. And I love what Mark Adams has been able to continue to continue after Chris Beard a few seasons ago really put the program on the map. Yeah, no, I agree. I think and they also have a guy who's on a visit there right now, Dominique Welch from a St. Bonaventure. He really can shoot it. He's on a visit right now. I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but I think they may be the favorite to get him. So this is a team that shot 28% from three last year in the Big 12. That You obviously can't do that again. It's not sustainable. So you've seen this summer, they've really gone in and gotten better at shooting. Jalen Tyson, Welch, if he decides to commit. Demarion from Gardner-Webb is another guy that can shoot. Harmon's a above average shooter, I think. So they've really put all their chips in in the shooting aspect. I think that'll do well for them next year. 
Yep, I agree with you. If he's able to go into there, that could be the missing piece that this team needs, and then they could really be able to take off from there, as we do have Tobias Bass of The Athletic joining me on the podcast. And Tobias, I know that you've done a great job of just being able to take a look at everything that we've been getting with regards to the transfer portal. And I know that there are still quite a few guys that are out there that are very, very hot commodities, to say the least. Kenny Lofton, I think, is the biggest one, and he's looking at quite a few schools from the state of Texas. And I think that if Kenny Lofton winds up going to a school like a Houston, if he winds up going to another power conference school, he's going to be able to tear it up because typically I'm not necessarily too bullish on guys that wind up going from like the mid-major level to the power conference level. But I do think the conference USA is still a relatively good conference in and of itself. But what I think is very intriguing is that last off season, we wound up seeing that under-19 FIBA event, Kenny Lofton was one of the guys that I want to partaking there, and he's got a unique skill set in that. I mean, you're able to throw this in here for Pat Baldwin as well, another guy that wanted up playing at a little bit of a mid-major school, but they wound up showing flashes that against that better competition, they were able to come in, they were able to play some very good basketball. I think that that's why he might translate a little bit better going up a level than some of these other guys that wind up going from say a mid-major to a power conference level. And then from there, they just don't wind up having the same production that they wind up having. You know, right. For you, exactly. Like Kenneth Lofton, he goes to a U of H. I mean, U of H, they're going to be loaded. I think Sasha comes back. Jamal Mark will be back healthy. They have a McDonald's All-American coming in and Jared Walker. So he'll be playing with just much better players and they're going to be super well coached. So that would be just a match made in heaven. That would definitely be the team I would want to play. And then with U of H, they had a unique role last year. A lot of their better players got hurt. So some of their freshmen that were going to red shirt or that wasn't expected to play that many minutes, they have to not only some of them start to play significant minutes. So some of their you know, reserves, they're going to be well-equipped to play uh, that, that brutal schedule next year. Yep, and you're noticing on a lot of those way too early top 25 Houston, if they're not in the top four, they're at the very worst number five because I mean, they yeah. are absolutely loaded. I think that they're going to be in for a very good season. So I'm taking a look at that. I think that that's going to be of a big impact. And then you just take a look at what we've been able to get the last, we're going to call it week or so here in the transfer portal. And one guy that I think is going to be able to help elevate his program a little bit more, that'd be DJ Burns at Winthrop Mm. going to NC State. I thought that that was a very good one. But I do think that with NC State, they've got a chance to actually be relatively solid this year. But they're another team that I think with regards to draft decisions, it's just so critical for them because Terquavian Smith, he is out there in the NBA draft. I think he might be in the portal as well, but I know for sure that he's in the NBA draft. And then Duran Sebron, he was one of the few players in all of college basketball that led his team in points, rebounds, and assists. He was literally Mr. Do-It-All for NC State. So if you wind up having both of those two guys leave, I think it's going to be part of the same old, same old NC State, probably another downtrodden year. But if those two guys wind up coming back with the addition of DJ Burns, I'm not saying that NC State is going to be competing for like an ACC title here or anything like that, but the arrow is going to be very much trending upward. And they could be sort of like that team, like a Wake Forest, like a Notre Dame that winds up going from the bottom of the ACC. And they're able to rise up to more of that middle, maybe even upper middle of the ACC. Yeah, I agree. I mean, for them, they've been waiting to get the wheels going pretty much. You know, they've shown a couple of flashes, then they'll take a step back. So, and I know, unfortunately, they struck out on a couple of recruits that they really, really wanted. So, them getting a guy like that, maybe, like you said, they could turn it around and even maybe make the tournament next year. Yeah, I'm right there with you. And I think that they might honestly be, when I think about it, the program with the most to gain slash lose with regards to these NBA draft decisions. Because, 
like I said, they've got two guys that are very critical that are out there. They're deciding what to do in Sebron along with Smith, because if both of those guys return, all of a sudden you're looking at a very respectable program. I like Kevin Keats as a coach. He's always going to get these yeah. guys to play as hard as humanly possible. If both of those guys come back, it's tremendous. If neither of those guys wind up coming back, well, NC State probably going to be towards the bottom of the ACC. Is there another program or two that you do think that they've got a lot to gain slash lose with regards to these NBA draft decisions? Because, I mean, I like the fact that you mentioned Matthew Meyer. I think that if he winds up coming back to Baylor, that'd be absolutely massive for them. And it's not like Baylor would become like some sort of an NIT school or anything like that if he doesn't wind up coming back. But certainly that'd be a little bit of a blow for them. Is there another program or two that really comes to mind that they've got a lot to gain slash lose these next few weeks with what happens at the combine and just throughout the draft process? I think, well, for one, I think there's a lot of good players left still in the portal. So, I mean, even look at a guy like Monty Bates. I'm not the highest on him, but he is going to be, you know, a highly talented guy. There's a bunch of them in the portal. So, you know, depending on where he goes, you look at Michigan with Caleb Houston. I think he's another guy. I think he should probably come back, but, you know, he's there. So I think Michigan has a lot to gain or lose because, you know, maybe if Caleb Houston leaves, could Amani Bates just slide in this particular spot? You know, is that something that we can see as well? Yeah, I'm right there with you on Amani Bates, and it looks like he's going to be making his decision relatively soon as well. It would be very interesting to see if he winds up going to Eastern mm-hmm. Michigan since I know that he was on his final six. But certainly if Amani Bates is able to put it all together because he wound up coming out of high school a year early, he should technically be a freshman this season. So he's actually got a year under his belt if he's able to live up to that expectation that we wound up having for him coming out of high school. He certainly is going to be able to blossom for a team and a man that always has high expectations, but doesn't just deliver, but over delivers. That'd be you, Tobias. You do an absolutely amazing job. And I just mentioned it a few minutes ago. The fact that you're now with the athletics. So a big congratulations to you on that. I know that you're doing tremendous work when it comes to all sides of college basketball. Take a look at the transfer portal. Take a look at these guys that are currently in the NBA draft. And on top of that, you do a nice job when it comes to the recruiting scene as well. So let the good people at home know what's on all on tap for you the next few weeks and how people can follow along on social media and other platforms. Uh, you can follow me at Tobias underscore Bass. That's T-O-B-I-A-S underscore Bass. And go ahead and give The Athletic a follow. They're still a relatively new company, only six years old, but they're still growing. We're adding a bunch of, you know, very talented people to the company. So I'm definitely excited to be joining them. And yeah, let's see where this thing goes. We're going to be putting out some good work over the next couple of weeks and as far as college basketball, I would just keep my eye over the weekend and probably early next week. You're probably going to be seeing a couple of classic 2023s coming off the board, and you're going to see some more transfers coming off the board as well. Oh, absolutely. We still do have quite a few big names that are out there. As This week, we haven't necessarily seen a lot of these guys that are still out there, like I was mentioning a little bit earlier with the Kenny Lofton and Armani Bates, wind up making their decisions yet. So we are still in wait-and-see mode there, and Tobias does absolutely terrific work. And speaking of the athletic, you've also got Brandon Marks over there as well, a guy that mm-hmm. has joined me on this podcast. He always delivers good work. So good to see those two guys working together, and it's always great to get Tobias on this podcast. He's holding it down more in the southern part of the country, more towards the great state of Texas. He joined me today. So big thanks to him for joining me on Coast to Coast Soup, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. And coming up next, it is that time of the podcast to give you a little bit of a roundup as to all the news and notes that we wound up seeing in college basketball on Thursday. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. 
myself as the middle generation. I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation... I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. 
I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation, I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating. And a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Las Vegas, Let's go seats with myself, Greg Spears, and now part of the Eastern Family of Podcasts. Great to get Tobias Bass on. A big congratulations to him for joining the Athletic, and a big thanks to him for joining me today. Always provides great content, doing a nice job taking a look at not just what we're seeing with regards to the transfer portal, but also taking a look at what we're going to be seeing of these guys in the class of 2022 and beyond from a recruiting standpoint as well. So, great to be able to get him aboard today. Now it is that time of the podcast to give you a little bit of a round as to all the news and notes that we wound up seeing in college basketball on Thursday. In my opinion, the biggest piece of news was that Jordan, a.k.a. Jelly Walker, decided that he was going to be going back to UAB, and this is just absolutely massive for UAB. I'm not going to say that they wind up having the biggest portal of any team out there this offseason, but they do wind up bringing in a pair of brothers that should be able to help them out as both of these guys were playing at ETSU in the Brewers, Ladarius and Ty Brewer. They were able to form a nice little duo there. Both of those guys have some size. They're able to stroke him from three-point range, but most of what UAB wound up having a season ago is going to be returning. You had a couple guys burn up their fifth year, so no question it's going to be a team that looks a little bit different, but you wind up bringing in the Brewers. You wind up bringing in Tyler Bertram, who was able to do a solid job at Binghamton this last year. Javion Davis is a nice little upside guy along with Eric Gaines, so I mean, they've done a great job there. And then when it comes to Jordan Walker, he wound up putting up a little bit over 20 points per game this last season. 4.9 assists, shooting 39.5% from three-point range. Steel and Apple contest, lone kryptonite he had was that he was a little bit turnover prone towards back half of the season. Five plus turnovers in each of the team's final five games, average three and a half overall. But that's what you're going to get when you got a lot of scoring. And Tyler Bertram joining that backcourt should be able to help them out a little bit. Eric Gaines is going to be great on defense. So UAB, the 
team was looking very strong before Jordan Walker decided to come back, and it was a little bit of a question mark. Now they look like they're going to be one of the best mid-majors in all of college basketball. Massive for them. A little bit more of a slow day, but you did wind up seeing a couple guys of impact decide to transfer. Nevada, they're picking up some guys. As Tyler Powell, he just did not wind up getting out there on the floor for Seton Hall this last season. He has decided that he is going to be going over there to Nevada. Six foot five, a little bit of a stockier guy at right around 200 or so pounds. He has decided that he is going to be going to the Wolfpack, according to 247 Sports, a top 150 prospect in the class of 2021, a situation which you'd wind up having the coaching change, and he was out there on the market in Nevada trying to buy low on him a little bit, and we've seen this a little bit from Nevada with regards to the transfer portal. They're bringing in a little bit of a fortified scorer in Jared Lucas, was able to put up 12 to 13 points per game at Oregon State. Hunter McIntosh, who did a solid job out there at the CAA. We don't know how he's going to be able to translate to Nevada, though. He's coming in, and now you wind up bringing in Tyler Powell. This is a Nevada team in which they're going to need a little bit more size with Warren Washington being out of the full, but they've done a nice job of being able to get a little bit more with regards to their backcourt, so I do think that that that's a solid gift for them. Josiah Strong, I like this addition for Colorado State. He comes in from Illinois State. A guy that you know that he's tough because he actually began his career and Navy. Last two seasons was at Illinois State. Both seasons wound up putting up 11.5 points per game. This last season, shot 41% from three. Colorado State, certainly no shortage of offense with them. And it's going to be very interesting to see if David Roddy winds up coming back to school or not because that's really going to be big for Colorado State and what we're going to be seeing out of them because if you wind up getting back David Roddy, Roddy, look out below. This is going to be a good team once again. If they don't wind up getting back David Roddy, well, then you're probably going to be seeing our good friend Josiah Strong get a couple more minutes than he might be anticipating. He should be a relatively solid role player for Colorado State, but if he needs to be one of the primary options, which might wind up happening if Roddy winds up not returning, that would be a little bit of an issue. Dima Zidor, he was playing these last few seasons at Weber State and Grand Canyon. At Grand Canyon, just didn't wind up seeing the floor too much. I thought that there was a little bit of upside with them a few seasons ago during the 2019-20 season. Wound up having a block right around 4.5 rebounds per game as a 6'10", 215-pound big man. Now he's probably going to get a chance to flourish a little bit more at UT Rio Grande Valley as Grand Valley, well, we're going to call it what it is. They need someone that's a little bit more defensive-oriented with Zidor. He's never averaged really more than three, three and a half points per contest last season. as a Grand Valley team that they just got completely pelted out of the glass. There's no other way of putting it. Out of 358 D1 teams, they were 356th in offensive rebounds allowed per game. So, this should be able to help them out right away. Is something that they have horribly needed. They're probably going to need to slow down their tempo just a little bit, but that said, there's not much to go other than up for this defense. So, that is going to be a solid gift for them. Jackson Robinson, a former top 100 recruit from the class of 2020, was playing this last season at Arkansas. He has decided that he is going to be entering in the transfer portal. Really could not find his fit, whether it be at Texas A&M or Arkansas. Someone who put up three and a half points per game this last season. Shot right around 33% from threes. He's a 6'7 combo player that's able to shoot some threes. Has had a little bit of an issue being able to play defense. We've seen that at both of his stops. He's got a lot of talent, and if he winds up going down to a little bit of a lower level, I think that this guy could be a dominator. So, I do think that where he winds up going is going to be of intrigue. Donovan Newby. He has decided that he is going to be going to UNC Wilmington, and I like what Newby was able to show with UW-Milwaukee last season. There weren't a lot of bright spots when it comes to that program, but he was able to put up 8.5 points per game. Shot 90% the free throw line, 39.5% from three-point range. Wound up having his ups and his downs throughout 
throughout the season. I think that more of that is not necessarily on Newbie and him being inconsistent, but rather the fact that Pat Baldwin Sr. had absolutely no idea what he was doing with regards to trying to coach up that team because take a look at the first, we're going to call it 10 games of the season. Nine and a half points per game, shot 43 and a half percent per three, gave out two and a half assists, 1.4 steals per game. After that, there was a little bit of regression, even with Pat Baldwin Jr. missing quite a few games. There was just no set style for UW-Milwaukee. So now going to a UNC Wilmington program that we saw what Wilmington was able to do last season, and I really feel good about what Takeo Sidel is able to do with this program. He was able to get them to play some tremendous basketball. I think that he's going to be coached up very well. I think that there's a lot of upside there. A man that is leaving the CAA and going elsewhere is Yuri Covington, and he's going to UMass Lowell. If he's able to take care of the ball, and that's a big if, because during his freshman year, during the 2020-21 season, he had 2.1 assists at 3.9 turnovers per game. That is one of the worst marks that you're ever going to find, but he did wind up putting up 9.5 points per game. A guy that throughout his career has been right around about a 31.5% three-point shooter. A guy that's able to give you some solid scoring. He's going to be tremendous at UMass Lowell. And Lowell, the one thing that they were really missing was a go-to score, which I think Covington could be at a little bit of a lower level like UMass Lowell. With that said, once again, can he wind up taking care of the ball? He is out there in an American East in which guys don't wind up going for a lot of swipes, but they do wind up doing a very solid job of being able to play good on-ball defense in general. So I think that that's going to be very intriguing. You do wind up seeing Lawyer Driggs. He was playing these last few seasons over at Tarleton State. Really didn't wind up seeing the floor too much. He decided that he is going to be going to Chaminade. Some of that Tarleton State, I think, wound up having a little bit of upside on. I think that they're a little bit bummed out. They wind up transferring, but that said, very easy for your handicap. All you need to do is note that, all right, Mr. Driggs, he didn't wind up really playing at all last season. He has went from the D1 level to the non-D1 level. Cross him off. You're guys that you need to evaluate and then you're able to move on so that's nice clean and easy there Alex Schumacher, he was playing at St. Martin's this last season, and he has decided that he is going to be going from the non-D1 level, and he's going to be going up to the D1 level. He is going to be playing for Seattle, and Seattle did a great job of being able to find some interesting guys these last few seasons in general. You take a look at what he was able to do at St. Martin's in general, and this is someone that has okay size, not necessarily ideal size, but at six foot three, he's able to get the job done, wind up shooting from three-point range. I'm not even kidding here. 48.3%. Took about three threes per game. So it's not like he was taking 10 threes a game or anything like that, but certainly put up a fair amount, was able to give the team 14.5 points per game. This is a Seattle team that they wound up having really that big three last year with Cam Tyson, Riley Greeks being company out there in the backcourt. And it's a guy that's able to pass. They wind up having a couple turnover issues, but that said, still wound up putting up a little bit over three assists per game as well. I think that there is a lot of upside with him, and I think that this is one of the better gets making for this program. Now, I will say the D2 conference itself that he was playing in, not necessarily the world's greatest. He was out there in the GNAC, but still, it's a D2 conference. They're used to very inclement travel like Seattle winds up facing out there in the WAC. So, I think that his game is going to translate very well, and I think that this is a match made in heaven for them. You did wind up also seeing Aziz Badago. He was playing at Akron last season. He's going to be heading to the WAC and he's going to be going to Utah Valley. No question, Utah Valley needed a little bit down low after they wound up losing Fada Samek. And interesting that Bandeogo wound up being a part of the NBA Academy of Africa. So I'm going to see how that winds up panning out moving forward since I know that that's a relatively new 
program and Bandiago last season at Akron as a 7 foot 225 pound big man pretty much a designated defender 3 points 3 rebounds 1.2 blocks per game so he's able to be a good rim protector really doesn't have the offense or the stretchability that Fadas Amick winds up having and when you wind up losing a guy like Amick if you're Utah Valley no doubt you're going to take a little bit of downgrade but being able to get in there a 7 footer that's able to protect the rim relatively solid I do think that Utah Valley probably staring at a little bit of a tougher season this year than you wound up having a few seasons ago, but I am being able to pick him up. That is solid for being able to give them something down low. You wound up seeing Jaquan Walton, who, according to 247 Sports, was the number two rated Juco recruit in all of college basketball, head to Wichita State. James Roas, who a few seasons ago was a top Juco recruit, he also wound up going there after spending a couple years at Alabama, so they are really doing a good job of trying to pick up these guys that wound up being able to flourish at the junior college level. And last season for Walton, who actually began his career at Georgia just didn't wind up seeing a lot of time at Georgia because Tom Green never knows what he winds up having but that said with Mr. Walton while he was over at Shelton State as a six foot seven combo player 13 points four and a half boards three assists 1.3 steals per game guy that's able to do a solid job will be able to shoot it from three point range in the high school ranks, he was a top 150 guy as well, so a lot of talent here with Walton. I like what Wichita State is building. They wind up bringing in Jerron Pierre Jr. from Southern Miss, which I don't know if that's necessarily going to be the world's greatest fit, but they needed a little bit more three-point shooting. They got that from Kobe Rogers, who shot over 42% from three-point range at Siena. Gus Okafer is a nice six-foot-six combo player. They don't necessarily have ideal size, but they've got a lot of gritty guys that are able to play some solid defense. They do have guys that are now able to shoot it from three-point range a little bit better as well. So going to be very intriguing to watch this team this upcoming season, but I do like what Wichita State has done a little bit more this season than what they wound up doing last season, as I thought that last season they left a little bit of something to be desired. It is going to be interesting to see what Brody Lamerick is going to be able to bring to the table, because, well, he left a lot to be desired last season at Quinnipiac, and that he did not wind up playing at all. He has decided that he is going to be going to Central Connecticut State. It has been a slog for Central Connecticut State, to say the least, but at the very least for Central Connecticut State, it seems as though the arrow is trending upward for them a little bit. I like what has actually been done the last we're going to call it 12 or so months with Patrick Sellers being able to get the team to eight wins, which, once again, it doesn't sound like much, but it's better than it was the last few seasons for Central Connecticut State. They were much more competitive. I think that this is a guy that's going to be able to come in at six foot nine, be able to give this team a couple of rebounds, which is where Central Connecticut State really wanted falling short, be able to give a couple good minutes down low, and that'll be a little bit of an upgrade for them. So that is a step in the right direction for a Central Connecticut State team that I do think that the arrow is trending upward. How about the arrow trending upward for San Diego? A couple days ago, they wound up bringing in Jaden Dallaire, who was a guy that was averaging right around 10 points per game while he was at Stanford. And now you wind up bringing in with him another guy that wound up getting some starting experience out there at the Pac-12, Eric Williams Jr. During the 2020-21 season, put up 10 points per game on 35% three-point shooting at Oregon. This last season, shot 35% from three. Saw his minute slash towards the back half of the season. This year, put up 8.5 points, 4.5 boards, a seal per game during the 2020-21 season when the team wanted to make it in the second week of the NCAA tournament. He wanted putting up more like six rebounds per game. Not sure why he wanted falling out of favor so much with Oregon. You just notice it towards the middle of the season. He wanted seeing an inexplicably low amount of minutes, but if you take a look at what he wanted doing first month of the season, so first seven games, he was putting up 12 and a half points, shot 50% from three on nearly three threes per contest. So he wanted getting off to a lightning rod hot start. And then towards the back 
back half of the season was able to pick it up once again. He, in the final 10 games, wound up putting up more like 10.5 points, 1.3 steals per contest, shot about 33% from three, and a little bit over four threes per contest. So, I mean, this is big for San Diego. It is a program that now has Steve Lavin at the helm. I was wondering what Steve Lavin was going to be able to do because of a splashy name, but yeah, and coaching quite a few years, and when he was coaching, it seems didn't wind up taking a lot of threes, but he seems to be bringing in these versatile guys, these guys that have not just experience at the Pac-12 level, but starting experience at the Pac-12 level. This is very, very good for them. So I absolutely love the recent pickups that we have seen from San Diego. They are certainly going to be able to climb up the WCC rankings. And I'm going to have you guys covered with all these conference previews once we wind up getting a little bit more clarity with regards to what's happening right now in the transfer portal as, as I look right now. 1,690 players in the portal. We've still got a lot to get sorted out, but we are getting more information on these schools. Hopefully within the next few weeks, I'll be starting up with more of my low to mid-major conference previews, and then from there, we wind up getting into the Power 5, as I always do with VEASAN. Going to be doing a write-up for every single team, and on the podcast as well, when I wind up going through my conferences, my projected order finish for each, I'll be doing a breakdown for every single team. So you've got that to look forward to, and I've got you guys covered day in and day out with regards to what's happening in college basketball. So if you do like what you're hearing from this fine podcast, Coast to Coast Hoops, you're able to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you've got a question, comment, segment, idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we all fire those in. First one is my Twitter timeline, at GUnit underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters CM. They mean does not matter, size per usual. Please just send these into the timeline. The other way is find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. And then from there, you're able to fire whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. Big thanks once again to Tobias Bass of The Athletic for joining me in the second segment. I'm coming at you guys every single day throughout the offseason, looking at the news and notes and conference previews of college basketball. And then once we get in season, fix an analysis on every single game, every single day. So I'll chat at you guys once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.